Today's reading is from Proverbs 3, 1 through 13. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes for the fear of the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he, repro he reproves, even as the father corrects the son in whom he delights. How blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. Amen. So far today, You've probably made more decisions than you realize. What time to get up? What to eat for breakfast? Whether or not to come to church? What to wear to church? What roads to take on the way to church? Then when you came into church, you had to decide where you were going to sit. And then when you leave church today, you'll have more decisions. Where am I going to eat lunch? What am I going to do this afternoon? Which football game am I going to watch? Which Hallmark movie am I going to watch? And you make all these decisions without even realizing you're making decisions. Because they're relatively simple. But what do we do when the tough ones come along? Which job do I take? When do I move? Where do I move? It's in these times of decision that we look to accumulate information. Surely if I do enough research, if I gather enough information, if I talk to enough people, and I look up info on the internet, because we know everything on the internet must be true. Then I will find enough to make my decision. You see, we like to face our problems and our decisions informationally, when what we really need to do is face them relationally. Because what matters the most about any decision we make is not the information we have, but the relationship that we have with Jesus. That is where our wisdom comes from. Eleanor Roosevelt said once, never mistake knowledge for wisdom. One helps you make a living. The other helps you make a life. The one thing that stands between us making a good decision and a bad decision is wisdom. And as we talked about last week, wisdom comes from the Creator. He comes 
Wisdom comes from him, the one who has created the universe. He is wisdom. You want to make a good decision, go to him. Go to the source. He's given us a guide for all of life's challenges. He's given us a guide with the answers to life's questions. We simply need to look to him and to his word. That's really the whole pro- the purpose of Proverbs. It guides us in the realities of life. In our text this morning, we have one of the most familiar verses in the entire Bible. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. We learn it in Sunday school. We memorize it. We recite it. It's simple enough to be understood by the youngest believers. And it's also the comfort of hope and encouragement for the oldest saints of God. The words cling to our soul because they speak to a great need that we all have for guidance and understanding. Because we have questions. We have challenges and we have trials and we want answers. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 suggests that the basis on which guidance comes is knowing God's will for your life. It's right there in those two verses. The whole book and God's will for your life is in those two verses. If we dig deep into those verses and we begin to apply them to our daily lives, daily lives, then when those big decisions come along, those tough decisions, they won't really be so tough. It starts with trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust. It's not the way we think of trust. I'm going to trust that the chair can hold me, so I will sit in it. The Hebrew word is much stronger. It means to lay your full body upon trust. It's much more of the image of, here, that trust exercise that you used to do in high school where someone stands here, someone stands there. Okay, I'm going to fall. You catch me. It's that kind of trust. It's putting your full weight upon the Lord. The Hebrew word, it means a bold and secure confidence. Do we do that with God? Do we put our whole weight upon him and depend on him completely? How many of you can say you do that? Not me. I trust you, Lord, but, but, but have you thought of this, Lord? I trust you, Lord, but I think I can fix it on my own. I trust you, but, anyone else say that? I know I do. 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Second verse, do not lean on your own understanding. Lean, it just means resting upon something for support. At least that's what we think it means. I walk with a cane, so when I lean on it, I have support. It keeps me steady. We lean on something when we aren't strong enough to stand alone. But this verse goes so much deeper. The literal translation of this verse, upon your own understandings, you are resting on nothing. That's the literal translation. Think about that. If you lean on your own understandings, you are resting upon nothing. So if you're resting upon nothing, what's going to happen? You're going to fall. So when I go back to the Lord and I say, I trust you, but that's taking it back to my own understanding. And what am I doing? I'm leaning on nothing. Because we like to understand things. Our human curiosity drives us to want to understand how things work. There's a TV show, how things work, how it's made. Because we want to know. We want to gain information. It's the way we try to solve problems. It's the way we answer questions. It's the way we look at life. We use understanding in every aspect of our lives. It's really what separates us from the rest of God's creation. We try to understand. But sometimes our understanding gets in the way of God's work. We want to understand what he's doing in order to trust him. Well, Lord, can you just show me? Because I'll trust you then. Lord, can you give me some insight here? Can you, can you just tell me the plan? Because then I can step out. I'll trust you if I know the plan. That's not how God works. Because if we could understand him, if we could understand his works, he wouldn't be God. We need to realize that when we lean on our own understanding of life, we are leaning on nothing. Nothing solid. Nothing that can support us through the tough times, through the challenges. We need to lean on the Lord. And we need to rest our full weight upon him. In all your ways, acknowledge him. When I go about my daily activities, my usual places, I come across some familiar faces. And when I see those familiar faces, I acknowledge them. I'll nod, I'll smile, maybe a wave or a hello. That's how I understand acknowledge. God wants more than a nod and a smile. He deserves more than a nod and a smile. The idea of acknowledge here 
is not just a, hey, recognizing. It's not enough to say, God, I believe in you. God, I know you exist. That's not enough. That's not acknowledging God. Acknowledging God is knowing him deeply. It's knowing him intimately, knowing him personally. And that only happens through experience. That only happens through time spent with him. Do you remember the newlywed game from years back? The whole premise of the game was to put these new couples, newly married couples up on stage, ask them silly questions without the other present, and then see if they could match answers. Most of the time, their answers didn't match. In fact, they were worlds apart, usually. But that's what made the show funny. That's what made it entertaining. But why did that work? Because they had only been married a short time. They didn't know each other well enough to answer together. But on the flip side, what about the golden anniversary show? If we did it that way, if you had couples on the show that had only been married over 50 years, I could, I bet you they would all have the same answers. And we would sit there and say, oh, isn't that cute? Look at that couple. Look at, they're so adorable. Because why? Because they experienced life together. They spend time together. And so what happened? They would know each other. That's the idea of acknowledge here in this verse. It harks back to what Moses taught the Israelites. In Deuteronomy 6, 5, he said, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. That was acknowledging God. It's what Jesus repeated in the Gospels when he spoke of the greatest commandment. In Matthew 22, Jesus said, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. When we acknowledge God, as this verse in Proverbs suggests, it's giving him more than a nod and a smile. If we want to acknowledge God and receive his guidance, it means making him the supreme affection of your heart. It requires the complete homage of your intellect, the unswerving loyalty of your life. That is acknowledging God. It's recognizing Jesus as the center. He's not something that we wave around as a banner when it's convenient or helpful. That's not acknowledging God. Acknowledging God is accepting his complete authority over all things. It's a surrender to his divine providence. It is faith in his divine promises to always be with you. How will we know he's with us if we don't know him? When we acknowledge God, 
We're saying that we know him intimately, personally, deeply. And when we know God like that, he will guide our path. He will make your path straight. Now, doesn't straight sound really nice and easy? Shortest distance between two points is what? A straight line. From here to there. Sounds wonderful. A quick little trip. Nice and easy. But that's not what straight means here. And that's why we find ourselves getting disappointed. When we drive down a road, there are potholes. There are detours. There are roadblocks and dead ends. That's much like the road of life. Everything can be going really well till we hit that pothole, till we hit the detour or the dead end. But know this, God is actively engaged in your path. Yes, he's actively working to move those obstacles out of your way. He's actively working to fill in the potholes in your path. But if he fills in the potholes and he removes the obstacles before we even see them, then how do we see his glory? If our path is so smooth that we don't see the potholes and we don't see the roadblocks or the dead ends, then we think we're doing pretty well. We start to shift from leaning on God to leaning on our own understanding again. That's not wisdom. That's what the Bible says is foolishness. Proverbs 28, 26, those who trust in themselves are fools. But those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. You know, it's really kind of funny. As I was preparing for this message today, I had a perfect, perfect illustration to, to hit this point home. Now, many of you know our children have been going to school in Indiana for many years now. And Jay and I had talked over the years several times about maybe we should get a place for them to stay all together. It would save us some money on tuition and, and things. And, and so we just kept, we prayed about it and prayed about it and prayed about it. And then about two months ago, the opportunity fell in our lap, literally, fell in our lap. Here. It was like God said, here. This is, it's right here. You've been praying for it. It's right here. And we said, okay, well, I, we're, we're not sure how this can happen, but let's go through the steps. So we started through the steps. And one thing after, I mean, it was very easy. I'll tell you, it was very smooth. And we're like, wow, this is great. This is wonderful. And we were supposed to close Friday. Supposed to close Friday. Thursday afternoon at 4.45 p.m., 
I get a call from the bank. They say, we're sorry. There's one piece that we need that's not coming to us, and so we are not going to close tomorrow. But wait a minute, Lord, you said this was for us to do. Now what are you doing? And I started laughing because I said, this, this was like a slam dunk illustration for this point. I said, what have you done, Lord? He said, I made it a slam dunk illustration for this verse. He said, look, you thought it was you making the smooth road. No, do you see what I'm about to do? I put a roadblock so you will know it was me and not you. And so I don't know what's going to happen. We've left it as, we'll just pray. We'll see what God's going to do. And that's exactly where God wants it to be. Pray and wait, and I will show you when you need to know. Funny how God works, isn't it? See, we want to understand God's plan. We want to see his plan in advance before we take a step. But rarely do we see his plan in advance. Most often, it unfolds before us piece by piece by piece. That's where faith steps in. I like Philip Yancey's definition of faith. He says, faith means believing in advance. What will only make sense in reverse. See, we want to know why things happen the way they do. And why couldn't things have happened some other way, Lord? It'd be wrong to say that faith gives us every answer we want when we want it. That's not true. Perhaps in heaven we'll fully understand. Or in heaven, our desire to know will just be trumped by seeing Jesus before us. But by faith, we see things that are invisible to others. And by faith, we believe in advance those things that right now don't make sense. One day, they'll make perfect sense. Because we'll be able to see them in reverse. How often have you gone through something? Not understanding the how, not understanding the why, until much later. And then when you looked back at what God did, ah, it made sense. Faith is believing in reverse. Basically, God lets us know what we need to know when we need to know it. Not a moment sooner. Not a moment too late. If you're facing a challenge or a decision right now, and you don't know what to do next, it's because you don't need to know. If you needed to know it, God would be faithful and let you know it. A few weeks ago, we were made aware that we needed to find a new place to meet. That can be a little anxiety-producing. Where are we going to go? We don't know. He knows. 
We must not need to know right now. Otherwise, we'd know. He hasn't revealed it to us yet. When we need to know it, he'll tell us. He'll make it clear. You know, that's why walking with the Lord is so exciting. It's exhilarating. It's freeing, isn't it? We look ahead. We see obstacles. We see roadblocks. But when we trust in the Lord, when we lean on God's wisdom, not our limited understanding, and when we acknowledge and submit to him all the parts of our life, he will lead us in straight paths. He will remove the obstacles. He will fill in the potholes. He will make new ways in the dead ends of our life. But in his timing. But sometimes we find ourselves in that uncomfortable place of not knowing not understanding, and we don't like it. Let's be honest. We don't like it. We like to be in the know. We like to be in control. And so we go ahead, we make our plans. This is what I'm going to do today, Lord. Will you please bless everything on my schedule? Bless it all, Lord. God wants us to know him. He wants us to spend time with him. He wants us to get to know him deeply, personally. But we like our comfort over our growth. And so we keep getting up in the morning. We look over our schedule. You know my schedule, Lord. I don't have time to pray over everything on my list. So bless it all, Lord. Bless it all. How often do we throw our prayer list up towards heaven in hopes that God will just bless it as we run out the door? Leaning on our own understanding. God got up with you. He was waiting for you. One of my favorite things is when my husband gets up before me and he's down in the kitchen. He makes a cup of coffee and we sit together over coffee in the morning. You know, God is doing that for every one of you. He is up with you, He is waiting to have time with you. I admit, I'm too busy sometimes. I've got a day, a schedule of things that I need to do. And then when the frustrations settle in on the day, I wonder, what happened? Well, because I was depending on my own understanding. Not his. I was depending on my plan. Not his. Bless it all, Lord. He says, I will. If you would just sit with me and know what my plan is, you'll see it all blessed. We want a formula. 
oh, but sitting with the Lord, that's just, I, I don't have time. Can't you just give me a formula? Just three steps. Just three steps. Do one, two, three. There you go. God doesn't offer formulas. What God offers is relationship. What God offers is himself. All he wants is you. We want direction. And God wants relationship. The next decision you face, the next time you don't know what to do, God is saying, spend time with me. Get to know me. You will see me in your situation as I reveal myself in the plan. But you have to know me. Living a life of faith, it involves great uncertainty, for certain, and periods of doubt. But if we're willing to trust God, if we're willing to lean on his understanding instead of our own, and if we're willing to know him, really know him, acknowledge him and submit to him in all things, he will lead us step by step in straight paths. Look back. Remember where you've been. Remember how you've seen him work in your life. Look back in scripture. Remember how the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob guided them as they rested in him. Remember how the God of Moses and the Israelites guided them to the promised land. Remember that the God who spoke a thousand galaxies into existence, the same God who has numbered the hairs on your head, the same God who holds the universe in his hands, he wants you to know him. He says to every one of us, if you will but know me, I will take care of the details. Trust me. Rest your full weight on me. Know me in everything. I, the God of the universe, will direct your paths. Remember who I am for you. Heavenly Father, Help us to remember who you are. Help us to remember all the times you've been faithful before. Put it on our foreheads, wrap it in a necklace around our neck, stamp it into our hearts, Lord, so that every step we take is closer to you. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Jesus. Help us to see you. Help us to lean on you. Help us to give up control. Remember who we are. In Jesus.
In Jesus' holy and precious name, amen.